You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Seems like Do it. seems like forever ago when Do we did it. a podcast. It really does seem like a long time ago, and it wasn't, is what? You, you do know that forever is a very long time. It was a week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's forever. But uh, to you guys, you, you still get Oh, it. yeah, they're just sitting there waiting. They're just desperate for this. I actually think they are. <laughs> Don't underestimate yourself. I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not underestimating me. Oh, I'm sorry, you misunderstood that. Um, so, uh, what Eternal was the Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> is that your recommendation for this week? Are we skipping to the end of the show? <laughs> it's just on my mind. That was part of the before the after the show discussion. Yeah, our before the after the show discussion was actually about the movie we just watched. Yeah, and then you so said, that by actually, the way. <laughs> that actually is the podcast, so... <laughs> we had to start over. We actually talked about it for like 15 minutes, and then I said, why aren't we recording this? <laughs> we have to say it all again. So this, when we are not recording, we sound smarter for some reason. <laughs> in your In your mind. <laughs> in my eternal sunshine mind? Yes. All right, so it is Saturday, August the 22nd. This is after the show number 450. It is not August the 22nd. This is October. October the 22nd. <laughs> Why did I put August? Have I not changed it since August? Probably not. All right, then. So let's re- rewind. <laughs> is it even the 22nd? Yeah, I think so. It is. All right, it is Saturday, October the 22nd. and this Maybe is not a- when they're listening. No, this is after the show number 450. 450, nice. Uh, the movie we're looking at this week is, because we are a movie review show, and this mo- week's movie is Swiss Army Man. It's a 2016 movie released on Blu-ray on October the 4th, so you can pick it up now. It's rated R, and it's from our friends at Lionsgate. And Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of Swiss Army Man. Look at my Army head. Man. Look at my head. What's it doing? Nodding. No, it's not nodding. <laughs> this is shaking because there is no synopsis. There just isn't. And if you want to attempt one, then you right. go for it. And without spoil. Okay, we're going to start now and say spoilers potentially because there's no other way to discuss this movie without essentially. Might be some spoilers. So. Yeah, because we watched it clean slate, no, not knowing anything about it. We saw it. a trailer. So everything. I don't remember seeing a trailer for it. So anything we say about it is going to leak out of this movie that's a bit mysterious. So there you go. Now you say My synopsis is, is, it's like Castaway, but instead of uh, the ball, the volleyball, called Wilson, (laughs) there's a washed up dead man in in his place. But that would be... I think that's (laughs) semi-fair. That would be short-changing it, though, because there is more to it than that. So, But we'll get into that. See, that doesn't sound as smart as you did before when we were talking about it. But I get what you're saying. (laughs) Uh, so um, there's a man, Swiss desperate. Army man. Yeah, who's the Swiss Army man, by the way? He's the man. He's a man because he can do all, all many things. He's a good tool. Right, He's like a Swiss Army knife. I get that. <laughs> Harry Potter. All right. So the movie itself, Swiss Army Man. Um, it's an independent kind of movie. It's not a big Hollywood production, but it is looks great and. Uh, it's got some interesting ideas. So, this will be a divisive movie, I think, for a lot of people. You reckon? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> now... There are three people involved in this, watching this movie. People who start it and watch about five minutes of it, maybe ten, and go, what the fuck is this? And mm-hmm. then they turn it off. 
Then there are people who will watch it all and go, what the fuck was that? That was yeah. the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. And people who... And then the third person is the person who will watch it and go, I, I, I really dig take it, Take some I enjoyment think. from it, yes. But I don't fully... I get it. I do get it. So I mean, it's not super... Um, like, we were just talking about it. It's not... Some movies are, like, so abstract and... For example, give us an example of a far-fetched one. <laughs> That's not abstract. It's pretty ab- It's pretty hard to understand, Dune. It's trying to follow a story, though. It's not trying to be abstract. How about... Tree of Life has Tree of a little a bit example. element. Yeah. It's still a little bit linear, and yet it's really more... Ethereal or yeah, something. There's a, an idea there that you're supposed to be reaching for that we're... We're not really being told a story. There's no handheld in. It's um. There's an idea that the filmmaker has, and if you if it breezes by you, fine. And if you get it, get something that might be different to what he said or was trying to tell. That's fine too, because it's a art. True of life, and then the other one with uh, Ben Affleck, which was uh, also Terrence Malick. Yeah, yeah. What was that one? I forget its name, but it's got the lady from James Bond. Some kind of neighborhood or something. That they lived in, but that both of them have the same kind of yeah. thing. This one isn't like this that is, specifically, but it has element of you have to. It's trying to crowbar a bit of a linear story on the top of something where you're supposed to go, "Ooh, what's that all about?" Yeah, and there is a lin- there is a if you break this down after you've watched the whole thing, and like we just were doing, and your interpretation is one thing. Yeah. There are actual facts in this movie that you go, okay, th- this is what this character is, and this is how he handles a thing. <laughs> or doesn't. <laughs> but then, but then you know, you get an ending to this movie that might turn it, up, you know, turn it around a little bit in your mind of like, oh, I thought I figured this out, but maybe I didn't. So, um, yeah, there will be spoilers from this point onwards. I, I, I don't want to, we were just talking very vaguely about it, so let's actually talk about it. This movie begins with uh, Hank, played by Paul Dano. Um, it's about he's on a beach, and he looks distressed and like he's been there for a while. He's got a beard and some, you know, his hair's grown, uh, and he's about to hang himself. Which you think, hmm, that's a uh, very cheery scenario. And as he's about to kill himself, hang himself from this rock, he sees a dead body wash up on the shore. And that's where the adventure begins. Um, the opening credits of this movie feature Paul Dano as Hank jet skiing <laughs> on the dead body, which is played by Daniel Radcliffe. Harry Potter, you will know him as. <laughs> um, Only. And the guy he's from riding uh, Sin City. Like, like a jet ski or a dolphin. <laughs> uh, and it is powered by the magic of his farts, right? So is, there's where this movie is uh, kind is of... Is it technically a fart if your dead body in the air is just exiting your body? I guess we're just going to call it a fart. Yeah. So yeah. it's a jet-propelled body. Jet ski. <laughs> so that's what you're dealing with with this movie. You know, is that kind real? Of. Is that not real? And... Right. And now you can take that and go, Weekend at Bernie's. Okay, we got a dead body yeah. and it's going to be a prop and it's going to be this. You can take that and if you have that attitude and take it away all the way through, that works fine. As you unravel this person's mind, and he starts bringing the dead guy to life. Now, is he or isn't he talking? Not talking? You know, it's in your mind. It's thing, in his it? mind. And, and mostly in my mind, throughout most of the movie is, and I've seen a lot of movies, right? So mostly in my mind, I was like, okay, 
Fight Club, that character does not exist. Sorry. So Fight you're Club. thinking the depth. Have, <laughs> have you not seen Fight Club? But which character though? You didn't spoil anything. Yeah, right. But Harry Potter in this movie is not really there. It's an emotional crutch for this man. That there's no dead body at right. all. Right. He's just miming things. So that's and he's one just, interpretation. Right. Throughout and that's what I was thinking most of the way through the movie. Because what this dead body does, the dead side of this person, is a reflection of the questions this guy must have about life, about being lonely and about relationships and about why his father didn't love him so much and his grief about his mother dying when he was little and all this other stuff. So the Radcliffe guy, the dead guy, is the one saying... Well, did, the did stuff we that mention that a dead guy, this dead guy talks to him? Oh, yeah, the dead guy yeah. talks. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds crazy, right? <laughs> he doesn't, like, move around. He's not animated or anything. On no, he's a dead he, guy. He's just talking. But it's all about what's in your... The person's mind, really. And so you have to... Oh, is it? Exactly. (laughs) I'll be honest. I don't think the people who made this movie are quite that clever. Do you think it... (sighs) They're trying to be clever for the sake of it, and they're trying to make something different and weird just to be different and weird, which doesn't make it good, even though I enjoy the movie. Yeah, I... So if if I keep thinking that, I can't overthink, and he actually mentions this like four different times in the movie about himself. Don't overthink he it. He does. It's actually, don't it's actually it. a part of the movie. Yeah, right? where even the dead guy says, I'm going to sing a song now so you don't overthink what I'm saying. Yeah, and does, I so. think that's a direct... Which I think is clever because <laughs> is. at the end, that one is when, when the end scene happens, the end, end scene turns things around a bit, let's say. Um, I kept thinking, don't overthink. They've told us, the directors of this movie have told us multiple times during this movie to not overthink this. Correct. They're talking to the audience. And I... I found that clever. But it's semi it's semi clever. But what you've just done is you've had a dead guy farting, spitting up water, chopping logs, firing um, firing shit out of his <laughs> mouth and being dressed up and canoodled in Used all sorts of ways. As a shock value combined with some comedy, combined with this sort of like aloof irony of it all, and then you're gonna tell everybody, <laughs> don't overthink it. And I think that combined is a little bit snotty, but it, I mean, I enjoy the whole movie. Don't get me wrong. So anything I say that sounds negative, it's just because I get where these guys are coming from. And after seeing the extras, I kind of see their vibe and they're just trying to be funny for funny sake no. and kind of wrapped up in their selves and kind of wrapped up in this like, oh my God, we're so hilarious because we got a guy farting across the wall. Yeah, this movie has... Oh. A lot of fart, poop, um, masturbation. Masturbation discussion. Jokes. I mean, I'm talking about jokes. Yeah. It has fart, poop, masturbation, uh, all the kind of things that are kind of, to some people, not to me, I don't care about any of it, are um, objectionable. Like, they don't want to hear. In fact, one of the characters says, we don't talk, you don't talk about that. Because the cops start saying stuff about fighting and shit, and, and he's like, "We, you don't say that. You don't talk about it." So it's like a thing about people as well, like how yeah. you control what you say to people, and this cops doesn't understand that, so it just says what's coming out of it, like where he talks about masturbation, and he tells a story about him masturbating, and the cop says, "So that, so when you masturbate, it reminds you of your mom," and he's like, "No, you don't say that. You know, you so can't it's all, say that. Yeah, it's all about this, like." taboo kind of area of how people speak to each other and how you kind of suppress what you're supposed to say 
And this guy who's actually mentally ill, <laughs> he is mentally ill, and he's a creep. <laughs> you don't come to that conclusion till later, though. So no, but, that's the part you have to. And that's the thing. I like, like I said to you, and you felt differently to me. Mm-hmm. But I mostly felt uplifted during the movie. While this guy was having his epiphanies, the the corpse is giving him a lot of epiphanies about life. Right, he's learning and and having some fun in the middle of the movie. On his own, really, in the woods, in a creepy way, if you think about it. Because you see him as a poor, sad sack who is too shy to introduce himself to this woman who is fixated on. I feel on. a bit sorry for him. Okay. Right? I see him as a fucking creep. And because I can creep. tell immediately that he's too fucking weak to say what he needs to say, to do what he needs to say. We, he feels sorry for himself. We see he's this flashback like, of him on a bus a yeah. lot. Yeah. And he just stares at her like... But he Ugh. doesn't seem... He just seems like... But see, that's the vibe I got instantly. Yeah. Was this like, ew. First of all, I'm sick of people feeling sorry for themselves. I'm fucking tired of it. And this character is a representation of that. Overly sensitive. Overly soft. Overly everything. Like, oh, you know, everything just... I'm too shy and I'm too weak and I... I just, how do I cope? And, well, and it just, he doesn't cope. He right. goes to kill himself. And I, that's my vibe the whole time, is this guy needs to grow up. He needs a kick in the ass, and while he may have been stranded on the I island, like or maybe not stranded on the island, I still feel like he represents a character to me who I don't value. I don't feel he's a champion. I don't feel sorry for him. I don't feel like, oh, isn't that sweet that he has a crush on this woman and he's too afraid to speak to her? Oh. I just think, oh, he just keeps staring. His flashbacks are him staring at her. True, yeah. That's not on romantic or sweet. It's like that one movie that we watched, um... You really liked it. And while the movie's okay, the concept still makes me go, ugh, where this guy finds out that he inherited this gift to go back in time. So then oh, he about goes time. Ba- about yeah. time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he goes back in time a bunch of times yeah, over yeah. and over. To, to fall in love. Not to fall in love. Um, to cheat this woman in Oh, to make fall her fall in love with yeah, him. He ke- it's like Groundhog Day. To, yeah. So he has to start over and over and over yeah, yeah. and does it all it's until he gets it right. Really, yeah. Or so she's falling in love with him for fake reasons. So that's creepy to me. But eventually falls in love with him. like it- No, she falls in love with him because of all the fakeness. I mean, him... Yeah. Figuring out how to manipulate her. It doesn't her. all go right, though, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> but, so that's... The different point of view is very interesting, because you can still enjoy the whole of the movie as its weirdness, and it's like, you are questioning yourself all the time. All going, the time, yeah. Is that... And then just the visuals of a lot of it. It's got a very cutesy kind of, aren't we clever, and aren't we kind of, uh, what's the word, like, grassroots here, you know, we're we're a... We're an independent movie, and you can and it tell. Is that, yeah. yeah, and it looks cool and everything, but it's that shines through to me. There are cool ideas in it, like the it, life observations that get brought up, even it, about farting and things like that. Where where he, there's even a discussion the rules of, we have for the ourselves. rules, like well, you don't fart, you hold it in, you know, and then then the corpse says, but how? That's no fun. Like what the hell? Why do we want to even go back to the? Because they say he's talking about yeah. getting back to the real world. He says, like, it sounds terrible. <laughs> why do we want to go there? You have to hold your farts in. You can't say what you want. It is terrible. We actually saw Black Mirror last night. The first episode of Black Mirror had almost the same message. It was about a really concocted world yeah. that you're supposed to fit into. And we and hide then, everything that And then a lady could, says to her, why, did, why are you doing that? Just drop it all and it'll be fun. You will 
Are you going to discuss Black Mirror yeah, later? For it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you'll get, but it was a similar type of concept. Yeah. And the concept here, you know, all these things that, you know, he's, a, he's having conversations with himself, right? Or is he? Like, that's the thing. The whole, the ending of this movie made it, I don't know if it made it worse for me, because I already had an idea of what, what I thought about it, and then when... But it, it changed your idea about him. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, it did make me think he was a creep. Whereas I was enjoying... Because essentially, we've got a dude in the woods. That seems undisputable. Yeah, because you physically see right. all that. Yeah. I mean, What he's struggling with, either completely in his mind or in his emotions, or somehow with this dead corpse, is how he cannot confront life. He can't confront his grief over his mother's death a long time ago, can't confront the fact that his father doesn't express his love, and he can't confront the fact that he's just alone. Right. In the world. And he's... Completely. Pathetic. <laughs> we'll mix that in there somewhere. And this is all... That's all it is. He's, and bro- so he's all... like completely emotionally broken. Yeah. Is what I would say. Yeah. I, he I'm can't very cope unsympath- with life. I'm very like, unsympathetic. Like, he can't cope with life. The metaphor in this movie is he can't cope... His life at the top of the hill <laughs> with all the people. Can't cope with life. Slide off into the woods and... Either A, go and kill myself, or B, just live away from it all, because I can't handle it. Like, And that's how they, I see this, like a map like that. So it does kind of... It plots the mind in a, in a visual way. Yeah, I guess true. I guess that's what it's trying to do. I mean, that's what it's trying to do with the corpse. And the, the Swiss Army man from the title is he uses Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> for many uses to survive in the jungle. We think. We, we think, oh, we don't. But there are some, you know, there where that's where the uh, visual interesting parts come because okay. he really uses him in all manner of ways. He has a shower with him because mm-hmm. water comes out of his mouth. Strangely, <laughs> he, endlessly. Uh, what else does he use him for? He uses him for to blow fire at the fire to catch the thing he, out of his. He butt. lights his farts to yeah to make fire because he do- when he snaps his fingers somehow. Uh, flame comes out, and so he figured out how to use that, remember? Yes. Yeah, I didn't quite understand that one. Um, he... What else do you use him for? He uses him for... Shooting bullets at animals. Yes. Puts rocks in his mouth and then squeezes him and then it blows them out so hard. He uses him for him. chopping logs. Like, like a, like, you <laughs> remember, sound like crazy people. Remember those old action figures, like, where you press yep. the button on the back and they chop their arm down? Like Steve Austin. Yeah, he it, it, it kind of does that. So yeah, it, there's some crazy visuals and it's very kind of. And I get it from the creative standpoint of someone trying to make a movie that they are convinced and they've convinced all the other people in the project. Aren't we tired of watching all the same movies over and over? And this is so different. Look at us, pat us on the back because we're so clever and so different. And the fact is, like I was saying to you, this was part of our 15 minute discussion, that when you try really hard to be different. And then you compare your little movie to a dozen other movies that are trying to be different. They're actually all alike. Yeah. They're just as much alike as all the other movies that you say are all alike. Like Transformers and Mission Impossible and Titanic and all these other big action, big emotion, low common denominator movies. And you go, oh, I'm just sick of watching the same movie over and over. There's love and there's a bad guy and there's destruction and there's happiness in the end. Right? All the same. So I'm going to make a movie that's so weird and so different that it's going to be so interesting to everybody. Then you take this one, and I said compare it to The Lobster. Compare it to your one of your recommendations and one of mine, The Sunshine of the 
eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. And while each of those you look at and go, well, that one's weird. Well, that one's weird. Well, guess what? They're all weird in the same way. That's the category of weirdness, yeah. Uh, Because uh, they're uh, all about loneliness, questioning existence, questioning social mores, loneliness, love, and death. And then let's take that and apply it to something like Transformers or Alien or anything else. Any Spinguli movie. (laughs) And it's almost always about that. Fear of death and love and conquest and all that stuff. And so trying to be different doesn't make it different to me. No, but I... I super... It's just the weird moments that you're talking about. That's what I'm saying, is that seeing a dead guy chop a log in half, you don't see that specific thing every day. Mm-hmm. But that or doesn't, at all. But that doesn't make <laughs> the movie overall. When I get done with it, I don't turn around like I did when I watched The Lobster and go, wow, that, to me, that felt less intentionally weird and different and more like somebody really had that story they wanted to tell in that it's way. Very, um, this felt like they were trying on every level to be weird and different. Like, oh my god, wouldn't it be hilarious to see him shoot fire out of his ass? Let's yeah, do that. No, that, that's a good point. I really liked this movie. I liked its message and I liked how it is constructed. Um, but the fart jokes. It starts with fart jokes on a small level. And then it, it keeps the fart jokes just keep coming, actually. By the time they're done with fart jokes, I don't even find fart jokes funny. And that was the the director said. <laughs> it was something I was thinking about watching it. Okay, we start with this body washing up, and it starts farting almost immediately. And he he keeps saying the Paul Dano character says, "Oh, that's really funny," kind of in a wry way. Like, I'd rather not hear that. And then throughout the movie, there's quite a lot of farting, right? From yeah. from you know, and then at the end of the movie, it ends with some farting. And the director said, we wanted you to laugh at the farting at the beginning and then cry at the farting at the end. I don't know if they achieved that. No. I think they achieved, to me, what, you know, it's a nice intelligent story, intelligently told. I think the farting brought it down sometimes. Like, it's like, oh, come on. We know you know, we know you think that's funny. But you're trying to tell us like a complicated story of somebody's mind. And I know we all have farts in our mind and masturbation in our mind, all those kind of things. But um, it's not funny. Like, <laughs> but it's, it's not sad. It's funny at the beginning, but it, it's you're doing it too much. Like, I mean, it's not all well, about I'm just going to correct you because it's not funny in the beginning either. I'm not a dude, so maybe that's why I don't but think I, it's but funny. But what I was thinking is like, okay, so you're making a movie about one of the characters is dead. And dead a dead character, what does it do? I mean, yes, this one talks. A dead one doesn't normally talk. But farting is probably one of the main things a corpse does when it's a corpse at the beginning. Like for five seconds. Well, I, I didn't only say it's for a while. Like I don't it expels so. its air and shits itself. Yeah, I mean, they even mention that. They talk about. I death know they mention well. it, but this is fiction, so no, yeah. I don't think it happens for days and days. No, I don't think it happens for days and days. But I was thinking, you know, when Plus, you're, if we're trying to apply some sort of reality corpse, to a dead corpse, and then we say it's talking. You can't mix the two. No. So they're having a corpse fart because dudes think farting is funny. And it isn't. It's just stupid. But it's kind of um, odd. <laughs> I mean, it's That life, they use but... it so much. Because it, the movie, the way it comes off, it's semi-intellectual. And it's like pointing at feelings. And it's not, you know, an action movie. It's more thoughtful. Yet the farting things occasionally, for me, go, oh, you're actually really like skirting. You're on the line for me. 
this being really thoughtful and I'm really into it, and then you resort to a fart again. It's like Kevin Smith. Yep. Is another director who I think can't control himself. <laughs> He'll have a really genuine, moving, funny moment, and then there'll be a cock joke. Because like, that erases yeah, all of the does. thoughtfulness. It does, but then some people might say, well, no, that's brevity and, and you know, you... The brevity is because Real you life couldn't... is humor mixed with tragedy. It's not humor. It's not life mixed with farting all the or time. <laughs> real life is farting and... Not like a majority know. of the time, though. But... Because everybody who commented in their extras that they came on board this movie because they saw in the first five pages that a fart. corpse was farting. Yeah. And guess what? They're all men. I mean, there's no denying that this seems funny to men. And it is occasionally funny. There, there were some moments in it where I thought farting was appropriate and constructed well. But then there's a lot of, oh, we're just going to throw in some fart in here. Because it's funny. So and because it's one of those is... things that people talk about in relationships that they don't fart around their partner right. for years or maybe on the second date or maybe you never do fart in front of your husband or your wife. You know what? It's not really an issue in life. It's just something they wanted to talk to, but I think they, they were fixated on it. It's like one of those things you'd have in a conversation on friends and then yeah. I'd go away from it going, why are you all talking about farting in front of your partner? Either you do or you don't. It's but even, even something as low common denominator as friends would have a bit of a joke about it and then move on. <laughs> they wouldn't keep bringing it back up, which is what they kept doing here. Almost like they wanted it to be a movie about farting. So <laughs> I'm not prude or anything. I don't care about them farting. But um, I feel like there was po- points in the movie where it was... Oh, wow, you know, where he's jet skiing with him fighting. I was like, well, if that is an image I've never seen, that's interesting for a few minutes, for a minute. But then you're dragging him around and he keeps fighting. And then you're dragging him again and he's fighting again and he's fighting again. After about the fifth time, the fighting joke lost its yeah. edge. And look how long we've talked about it. Yeah, so uh, like like I say, it's I felt that that brought the ethereal nature of the film down sometimes. Oh, I thought it was zero ethereal in this movie. Um, zero, zero, well, zero. Well, maybe not ethereal. That's that's not maybe the right word. There were um, thoughtfulness and intelligent um, narrative going on instead of something to think about instead of like, yeah. you know, a robot's going to blow up a building tomorrow. Which like, can also have things in it to I think about. I mean, you about. can think about that too, but this really, as you think, some of the conversations the conversations he's having with himself or not are interesting conversations. And that's, let's move on to the cast. That's what makes this movie better, I think. Because I love Paul Dano, I always have. Um, he's, he was in There Will Be Blood as the preacher guy. It's so good. Um, I drink your shakes, your milkshake. He was the guy whose milkshake got drank. Yeah. <laughs> and got very. I saw that scene the other day. I was watching some um, Paul Thomas Anderson clips. And I forgot how good that movie is. And there's that part where he says, where Daniel Day-Lewis says, I can't relate to anybody. They just all, they're just all nothing to me. Like, he's just empty, like, and black inside. Like, he's, you know, he's the ultimate, he's like a horror villain. That's a good example of movies that some would say, well, that's just so different from other things you've seen. Like, Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Because Punch Drunk Love... Magnolia, There Will Be Blood. The, These are movies that the story is linear. It's, there's nothing like... It's not abstract or anything. You're following characters through a time of their life or through a series of events or through 
you know, in his case, many years of a story to get to the heart of who they are. But they're also kind of, you've got, there's an endurance factor here with Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Magnolia is, as we know, it's not, it's not one you just slap on and enjoy. It's hard to enjoy. And yet it's a tour de force of emotion. But it's different. It is different than other and sad will be blood. kind of it's movies. Not- Right. Now, There Will Be Blood is a big movie. It's told in a very semi-traditional way, and yet it's still got that edge of, like... The Master is another one, too. Uh, oh, definitely. Definitely. Exploring the in- the workings of somebody's mind, really, like, but it's slightly off the entire yeah. time. Like, it feels off. <laughs> Which, this well, is you trying have to, to... really... You have to hang in there. You can't just, yeah. like, And then Paul Thomas and... Anderson's latest one... Um, the inherent vice. Hmm. I don't. I still don't get that one. I know you don't. It's <laughs> I don't, interesting. I love him, and that one. That one was. I know it's not Paul Tan- because it's somebody else's work, and he was just making a movie of. I don't it, think it matters. It didn't connect with me though, because I didn't hundred percent. It was all over the place to me. But I understand that the book is all over the place, and he probably did a good job of it. But not my. But this movie, back to this movie, Paul Dano, um, I, I loved him in this movie. I don't like his fake facial hair at the beginning. Oh, there's another use for the Swiss Army man. <laughs> he used his teeth to have a shave. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know. Also. Weird. Fiction. But uh, what, what did you think of him as Hank? I mean, you didn't like the character of Hank. I didn't like the character. I mean, it's but... hard to like that character. <laughs> yes. He is a creep. But, yeah, but like you, don't know, you don't know no, he's a creep. No, but there are moments I, I mostly felt sorry for him. Right. Because he was you, going to kill himself. That meant you liked him. Yeah. That meant that you had sympathy for him. And that's I what had they w- zero sympathy for him. From the minute I saw him, I thought, well, if you're on an island and you're actually that desperate and you're just going to give up, I don't know what that would be like, but you're a fictional character and I'm already done with you. Fine. Hang yourself and be done with it. Because, I mean, like, I don't know how, what, how much you've endured here to get to this point. So... But I felt like he, for me, because I think of him as this character as creepy, he does a good job of continuing that. And then he has moments of the clarity when he's asking the dumb, the dead guy the questions about life and what you shouldn't, shouldn't and actually say. actually figuring and, some things out yeah, by himself. The, cl- the fog kind of lifts of the creepiness and then it comes back. And then, of course, as we get the resolution, you're like, ah. So I think he did a fine job of telling me who this guy was. Yeah, I, I really like him. I thought that this was quite a well. He, he's he's the majority of what is going on. Yeah. Some most most of the time, Daniel Radcliffe's not really talking back. Like he does talk, but when he does start to talk back, but he doesn't always talk back. Sometimes he just sits there. So Paul Dano's handling everything. Daniel Radcliffe, as you all you all know, Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe is very. This is a very different role for him, obviously. <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very different role for anybody. I, I can't think. Well, Weekend at Bernie's Lady. Just yeah, so. so I think we're, we're mistaken when we say that nobody's Well, there dead. are not a lot of there actors who... Lots of who, zombies in the world. Well, there's not a lot of actors who can probably say, uh, oh yeah, I've got this role in this new movie. Uh, I played a stag guy the entire time. Yeah, I talk. Um, um, isn't that what a zombie is? Well, they're, they're a bit less articulate than he is in this movie. I don't know. But I mean, he's some, not articulate. We've had some movies with, yeah, corpsey people. But um, what do you think of him as a uh, Manny? The I thought dead he was really, 
really good. Like, I mean, I'm sold. I what he made me forget that he was a person before this, and that he's just sort that he's literally like a puppet of this guy's mind. Right. I never I never kept digging and thinking, who's this guy? Who how this guy washes up? Like, is this him? Yeah. I was always convinced that that person he was is gone, and he's just this very shallow. He's just the constantly like a parrot chirping back these ideas at this guy. And I thought that was, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how good of an actor he is, but because I was convinced that he was just what he was, like a shell of a person with these ideas coming out. And, you know, it's a, it's a tour de force of uh, limp muscles, so that's kind of interesting. And what it, what the movie is like is the Paul Dano Hanks character is basically learning about himself throughout the entire movie, almost like restarting. Mm-hmm. Like, like, he, like, because the way Daniel Radcliffe's character uh, portrays everything to him is he has not experienced anything. He's, he's completely not, like, what's masturbation? What's... Yeah. Like, he's a blank canvas. And as he feeds this, like, what's this, what's that? It makes Paul Dano think about those, all those things and articulately explain it to him. When you have and to explain to somebody himself. why you can't talk about masturbation in you polite You learn a bit about yourself because yeah. you go, why do I not talk? Oh, because social, my mother maybe told me not to do it or, or start thinking about it. Is this why I'm so rejected by society? Because I, I do talk am the one. It. Yeah. Who doesn't understand the rules. I'm the one who says all the weird shit. Before this moment in time, I was that creepy guy on the bus, I right. would say. So those are the... Oh, I don't masturbate because it makes me think of my mom. And I, th- I think <laughs> that's the heart of the movie, all that. Where where Paul Dano's learning about himself through this dead body talking to him. That is the best of this and movie. And that is the best part of the movie. Yeah. yeah. They're the parts I really like where it's like... He, you can see the look on Paul Dano's face when he gets presented with a weird question. And he's like... Okay, I have to explain this like I'm explaining this to a child. Or to myself. Or to myself, because I am a child. I'm like a emotionally stunted, um, messed, you know, I'm about to commit suicide. I am broken, like, so I like that, how it, and I like how it isn't fully fixed. It's not like a movie where all that stuff happens and then, oh, he's okay. Because he isn't, like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Spoiler! <laughs> um, He's really not. A so it's not like a happy ending. It's just an well, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's the third character in this movie, because there are not many characters in this no. movie. And you will have seen her recently in Ten Cloverfield Lane. I've always liked her from uh, Scott Pilgrim. She was in way back. Um, she plays Sarah. She is well. I know officially that she's in this movie for five minutes of screen time. Um. And her final words in this movie are, what the fuck? Which is what a lot of people will be walking out of the movie saying. Correct. It's the audience talking. <laughs> Correct. So, what did you think of her? I mean, you can't really think that much of nah, her. I mean, she's, don't think anything about it. She I could have been absolutely anybody. She is awesome. We've seen 10 Cloverfield Lane. She is a good actress. Um, but she could have been any. It could have been any. Yeah, I mean, she, most of her parts in this movie are a picture on a cell phone. Correct. Because she's an image of... Life. Um, because he of, took creepy pictures of her when he was on the And bus. put them as his wallpaper on his cell phone. So, As if she belonged to him. So yeah, if you, you'll see her mostly on a cell phone screen and then a little bit towards the end. So uh, this movie's directed by uh, two guys. Uh, they call themselves Daniels. It's like McGee. 
It's yeah. like a directing name. Just the Daniels. Now, they've only directed short films, like 10, 11 minute films. I was looking through that. And some music videos. So this is their main first big, you know. This is a short film, actually. It's not very long. It's like 89 minutes. But it's not a short film. Though. No, not a short. Yeah. So what do you think of these two as directors? I mean, does it, this movie, for a, they, a low budget movie. They've inspired a lot of people. Casting crew to be very creative with what they've the got. minutia of everything, the little things that they've built, you know, because he's Practical in the woods, stuff. so he builds all these little things around him, like a fake bus out of sticks and twigs and stuff. And so I think they're very good at rallying everybody to, and also making the dummies, and then getting everybody on board with the idea of the dummy farting all the time, and then how do we solve this problem as a filmmaker? You know, yeah. We've never done this before. So I think they're kind of... It's not like a CG movie. Even no, like There's an animal no. in this movie. It's an actual real animal. When yeah. we were talking about Tarzan <laughs> not having real animals the yeah. other week. This has a real animal. A bear. Probably cheaper because it's just terrible, isn't it? Hmm. Let a little bear out of a big, huge cage and then yell at it, yell at it, yell at it. To and do, then go, yeah. get it back in the cage. Fortunately, like, that bear doesn't have a ton of screen time. And what <laughs> we saw him doing was probably most of it. Yeah. So but it was, still. but still, there is a bear being kept in a cage <laughs> to drag out for many, yeah. many. Um, I don't know that I'm interested in anything else they have to say. This is my this is my problem with this particular story. They've put it all on the line here. When you're broken and you're sad and you wonder about life and you really, you know, like you can't cope with anything and you can't confront anything, how lonely you feel and death is scary and blah, blah, blah. Well, they've slammed all that in there and then they want to be funny. So they throw some fart joke in there. I'm not interested to see what else they want to tell me. So. But what the ne- but that's kind of unfair because the next thing they tell you might doesn't be matter. something. Doesn't I matter. Mean, but it doesn't tell me that I'm interested in what they, doesn't matter. Oh, every, totally. But every movie is a business card for you to tell me that you're interested in telling me stories that I want to watch. So I'm not interested in more of their stories. And this one looks cool. It's put together really well. It's a good story. It's an interesting story. I don't know if it's good. It's interesting to me. This, the minus the farting and the, you know. But I actually like having a character that I'm really not fond of and trying to get through that in my head. Like, why does this guy bug me so much? And so like that. But also could be anybody telling me the story. It doesn't feel like I need, you know, if I'm going to watch something else of theirs, it's going to have to be something that gets me interested again. And this doesn't interest me to for the, for another one. Now, I liked how this movie looked. Um, it does look really good for its low budget. Um, it does kind of hinge on a lot of those indie film, uh, like cliches, I call them. <laughs> like sun, sh- sun shining through branches and yeah. washing the scene out slightly to make it look cool. It does have a lot of that. And the music in this movie, uh, there's music in this movie, but it's sung by the main characters. They sing some songs and then they elaborate on that on the songs with some vocal versions of them in the that feels very indie movie to me. I've seen it a lot. It's like um hipsterish. I, I kinda Oh, that, we've moved on from hipsters. That kind of music though. We've like, moved on to millennials. Don't like forget. Like the Lumineers and all, How old all are those you? bands, you know. <laughs> yeah. Trying to be folky. Folky, and... yeah, that. It's a very specific if 
in years to come, if you play a film with that kind of music, you go, oh yeah, that's from around 2006, 2015. <laughs> you know, you can kind of tell where that sits. So that kind of came off, it makes it pretentious a little bit to me. And that's the music's thing. But I understand where the music was coming from. They even used the theme from Jurassic Park <laughs> in here, but like a vocal kind of, you know, like they're singing it. And that will make sense when you watch the movie. Um, that's my favourite quote in this entire movie. You know which one I mean? If you don't know Jurassic Park, you don't know shit. <laughs> which, Is that your takeaway from the whole yeah, movie? I really love it. Um, so, yeah, there are some, I wouldn't call them film school errors, but they're Feels like indie that. I know movie cliches. I would, I would say there's a bunch of that. And I, I'm kind of sick of that at this point. You can be a bit cleverer than... It's like you went to film school, there was all those ideas floating around at that time, and you just brought them with you. And then, or you're trying to be counter. You're trying to be, I'm not going to be. Yeah, that's Big where, action. That's the hit. Yeah. Like, so I'm, and there's always a default, then, that you fall back to this sort of, like, try to be folky, try to be mm, deep. Less, you know, this movie is not... They make it quite clear. We do practical for the effects and everything. Everything's made and it's artsy. And mm-hmm. that even comes across sometimes as, oh, that's a bit too touchy-feely kind of. Look how great we are. <laughs> yeah. Look how great we are. But We're that, not like those guys. But, but guess right. what? Sometimes the indie guy who wants you to pat him on the back for being so out, outside of the box, the next shit that he gets is a half a billion dollars to make, you know. Yeah, 10 Cloverfield Lane or something like that. Some, well, that's well, not even big. But a bigger movie. Big, you know? I'm yeah, talking like, big. Oh, yeah, like um, Transformers big. 5 or something. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's often a stepping stone instead of a, like... Uh, that's why I'm saying they don't interest me in terms of telling me more stories, because I feel like this is... Because with a duo like this, like you say, Michael Bay might have watched Swiss Army Man, thought it was awesome. Like, I love the visual, uh, can you make Transformers 5? Because we need directors Why do we keep falling back to Transformers? We need more big I'm movies. talking about a big movie. I know, but we need like others. The big Hollywood, They're not the only ones. Godzilla, um, you know, King Kong. The Does big... those do sound boring? Because we've made, like, ten of them. What else is there? What, you mean, like, big franchise? Like, yeah. superhero movies, Marvel movies, you know. Marvel take on... That is boring when you say it all like that. Like, oh my god, that's all we have? Like, a collection of about 20 movies that we keep fucking telling over and over? So this one is supposed to be, like, different than that, but unfortunately... But yeah, these directors don't stick out as as far as this movie being super quirky and kind of odd and... um... Memorable. I don't know that I'll remember it except for the dead guy part. I mean, I'll definitely remember that because... But that's that's not what it is. So... But um, I enjoyed I enjoyed it quite a bit, but I see flaws in it, and I the ending I I need to think about it more. We've only just finished watching it, <laughs> yeah. And the ending, uh, the ending. I'm not going to say what the ending is fully, but what I am going to say is, I'm still on the fence because the ending happened, and I, I my mouth kind of opened a little bit because it kind of changed my perception of. Some things I've Are you made. talking about the last, like, 15 minutes yeah. or the last two yeah, seconds? Yeah, really the last... Well, okay. more the last two seconds, but... Okay. Oh. And I, I still, I need to think about it more. I am wondering to myself, did that whole thing make it worse or better? Like, is that ending too much? Or should we just have left or about we 10 minutes ago? Or should we leave it less? Yeah. Yeah. 
I agree. I think less might be better, and that is that's how I'm feeling about it at the moment. But I agree. If it's making me think about it, then there's something good there because, like, I you know, you know, yeah, we I can never fault a movie that later makes me go, "What the hell is going on there?" Because that is a stimulation that you don't get from everything in life. Now, whether or not it ends up being productive and I resolve any issues or it doesn't matter. It's just that a lot of movies you're done with and then you're done. Like five minutes later, you go. Did I just watch a movie? Holy shit. I totally forget. It has no impact on me whatsoever. So if a movie can get a conversation, even in your own mind, where all of a sudden you remember back and you go, oh, God, that was really cool or whatever. I think that's that's an achievement. However, I don't think I'm going to remember much about this movie except that Daniel Radcliffe was a dead guy. And I don't think that that's much of a testament to the movie overall. Alright, so uh, on the Blu-ray there are some extras. There is a question and answer with the filmmakers, some deleted scenes, Swiss Army Man behind the scenes. It's quite fun to watch it being made because... Mm -hmm. That was fun. There's a lot of technical hurdles and, you know, they had to build a farting jet ski man. And and actually, Paul Dano... But didn't that tell you a little bit about, like you said, the pretentiousness of it just a bit? Some of it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it felt a bit touchy-feely, that's what I'm saying. We're trying very hard to be something. Um... There was there's the making of Manny featurette which shows the actual <laughs> guy who made the there's, Daniel Radcliffe is sometimes a dummy, not not a lot, but there are dummy versions of him, and this guy actually made dummies of him. They're not like Madame Tussauds, pitch perfect accurate representations of him, but they they pass. Yeah, very good. Yeah. yeah, when you're seeing it in you know now the dummy on the thing on the water was not no, but but it didn't need to be because it was just speeding along being stupid. <laughs> uh, and there's an audio commentary um, I'm not sure, I'll have to watch this this week but there's an audio commentary on this movie where it removes all the music from the film now I don't most of the music in the film you're going to have to do it just to see what it might like. be better I'm thinking because like I said to you it was, I had a little problem with the music but it felt we're still going to sing because he's singing he is but all the music that, on top. where the music gets big in the background won't happen so it might feel a bit more lonely and less hopeful. Because I feel the music puts you into a situation in your mind where you're like... Definitely. This is uplifting. I'm being uplifted in this part. If that isn't <laughs> there... Because you are being telegraphed to in movies. Correct. And if that isn't there, it might feel more hopeless and empty. Which might make the movie better. Maybe they intended it not to have all that... Maybe that That's was why just... you're getting that option. Right. So um, that's the extras. Because to put out a movie... If you're trying to be indie, and then you also say there's not going to be any soundtrack, right. could also be just a that little could, bit. The film company push could everybody say, over the edge. Um, like, eh. no, you really need some cool music because that's how you know that's how movies are like. So we can't really go that far out. So uh, what conclusion? I recommend this um, if you are into indie and. Do we know one person you're talking to who absolutely would not like it? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know a few probably. Um, and it isn't yeah. for it isn't for everybody. If we recommended the lobster because we really loved it and we did, and you went and watched it and went, oh whoa, are you uh, insane? <laughs> this might fall into that category too. It's not, you know, it, what it's not lights out that we're reviewing next week. It's not anybody, which, can, which we don't know. We I mean, it. a mainstreamy type thing that anybody can kind of understand and go and see. <laughs> are you saying we're extra clever because we understand this? No, movie? I think I don't. <laughs> That's part of the All right, not understand, enjoy. If you, some people can't, won't be able to enjoy it because they 
might not think on that wavelength of the you have to, you have to kind of give yourself to this. Correct. And if and you I don't, had a semi hard time. You doing might that. just sit there going, oh, "This is fucking stupid." Like what? And it is. It's just that that's interpretive. Yeah. That's open to, to me. It's not. I mean, I really enjoy it. Enjoyed it. There are some flaws which I've mentioned, but I do believe it's worth watching because it is an interesting experience. It is, and a that's good what experience. I like to have from a film. Like at the end of it, go, okay, um, good or bad. There's something there that you know. It touches upon something, at least. And this does, the human condition in the middle there. Uh, so, yeah, that's I recommend it to the people I recommended the lobster to. <laughs> so who do you recommend it? Or do you recommend um, it? I don't know, because it's very specific. Um, it's more of a, if I wasn't watching it with you, which is fine, because we're often, we might see it differently, but... We can sit and watch a quiet movie together. It's one of those I would recommend some people. Some people who might like to just get a pizza and sit on their own with the blanket and their cat and just watch it. The people who loved Harry Potter and love Daniel Radcliffe in Harry Potter. That's the person and I then talking see, to. <laughs> then see that Daniel Radcliffe is, oh, Daniel Radcliffe, I love him. And then yeah. pick this up. What would they think of this? Well, I mean, it's nothing to do with that. It but I mean, their like... experience of... Is they watch mainstream movies like that. I know, but I don't think it's fair to say if you love Harry Potter, you wouldn't like this because he's not Harry Potter. No, I don't mean that he's not Harry Potter. I mean that it's so far away from a mainstream Hollywood movie. I know, but that's not fair If you've never seen one like this, anything like this, would this be a good introduction to this kind? Subtracting the whole Harry Potter No, would this be a good introduction to this kind of movie? I don't think so. The Lobster, then? No. Is a good introduction to What do you mean, this kind of movie? Like a more... Abstract slightly. Um, See, I not, think some of our um, recommendations might hit and a little. Yeah, they're more abstract and they're more about the mind and they. Some parts could be real, some parts couldn't. But it's not in 100%. their way, they are more. It's more not solid. I don't know how else to say it, but I don't know. I don't know who I would. Uh, I would say, you know, some people get your pizza, get your blanket, sit on the couch. And watch this movie and then decide for yourself. But other people, I'd be like, nope, you're not, you're going to live through this for five minutes. You're going to move on to something else. So, so uh, it's a tough thank, one. I, I, yeah. Thanks to Lionsgate for the Blu-ray. If you want to enter a contest, you can this week. We've got some Blu-rays for giveaway. Next week's Halloween. Hall- question. We have some for giveaway. Yeah. Next week's um, Halloween uh, show will be Lights Out, which is a new horror film from James Wan. We just watched The Conjuring 2. James Wan is not that great. I'm here to tell you they're not all that great. So um, don't get your hopes up. I'm, I like Conjuring and Conjuring 2, so they're, they're my experience of James Wan. Well, and I've had another one. Oh, and uh, he made one of the Fast and the Furious movies, which I kind of liked. And he made Dead Silence, which is not good. <laughs> but Lights Out, we did see the trailer for Lights Out, and it does look cool. And I thought at first it was the one we kept seeing the trailer for, but that's not Lights Out, is it? No. The one with the blind guy? No. 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 It's the other one with the... It looked, it looked kind of... Well, one of those ones. <laughs> I'd might. watch the one with the blind guy. Um, so, movie recommendations this week. I'm going with the theme of Swiss Army Man. And my first one is Be Kind Rewind. And the reason I say that one is there's a portion of this movie where Mr. Um, Hank uh, remakes some popular movies in like a shadow kind of box kind of way. Um, Mr. Hank. It's called Hank in the movie. Who is? Paul Dano. He's not in Be Can Rewind. 
No, he's in this movie, Swiss Army. Oh, okay. I'm like he, okay. he, he kind of swedes up some movies. He's trying you. to show Daniel Radcliffe what Jurassic Park, E.T. and gotcha. Titanic is. And he makes little <laughs> representations of them. Which Be Kind Rewind does on a bigger scale. Well, not on a bigger scale, honest. Gotcha. Uh, and my other one is Adaptation with Nicolas Cage. Um, it's a Charlie Kaufman story. But it's another story about inside somebody. It's about a guy with schizophrenia. And it's... Uh, there's portions of the movie where you don't know if that guy is really there. Or but you he's... don't know that in the beginning. Right. Spoiler so, um, alert. So it's another movie where, um, you know, you have to kind of make up your mind. And maybe you will figure it out and maybe you won't. Uh, <laughs> so what are yours? Mine are, because this is Halloween, and I think I already recommended this a week ago or two weeks ago. But I hadn't finished watching it yet. And now I've finished watching it and I really liked it. It's called Deathgasm. Is New Zealand movie, and it. I said when I was watching it, I was like, "You would actually like it because it does dig a lot up from Evil Dead type of blood and gore and the jokes Slap and stick. the like, a lot of slapsticky stuff. There's a whole section of like dildo jokes, which is actually quite in the context of this particular movie. It works perfectly. It's teenagers who've conjured up like. Uh, Play to him on the electric guitar that conjures this demon up and all. Just this like stuff, the reading know? from the Necronomicon. <laughs> kind of, except playing a song, <laughs> and um, it's just it's really fun. It's got a lot of you know it's it's not for the kids necessarily. Maybe if you're 18, but so Deathgasm, Let the Right One In, which is I think it was Norwegian. They've made a remake. That's English. did you watch the remake? No, this I haven't watched it yet. Uh, what's that one called? Let me in. Let me. Let this one's called. Let the right one in, and it's creepy and sad. And when you want to talk about a movie that's different from what you see, it actually you're you are taken into a place and a vibe that you're just not used to. And I really, really liked it. I won't tell you what it's about. It's called Let the Right One In, and I'll tell you it's in the the theme of Halloweeny movies. The next one is one that we watched a couple years ago, actually, called Dead Girl. Yeah, that's a good take on the zombie. It's a zombie thing, and it's really... It's one of those that you go, whoa, what the fuck are they... Ugh. It's good. It's really good. It's, I don't know if it's good, but it is a different take on the... You know, they find a dead girl, and she's not really dead, dead. She's a zombie girl. And it shows you what dickheads boys are, so let's put it that way. She's really, pretty, really. They, they look at the dead zombie girl and say, <laughs> she's kind of hot. <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know. But it's not funny. It's not a funny no, movie. No, it's, it's very serious. Yeah. yeah. And the other one is, just because of this, the idea of a movie that doesn't, like with your adaptation, is uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And it has Jim Carrey and Titanic, as we like to call her, Kate Winslet. And you're going along as if it's based in the real world kind of thing. And then you get this sort of out of normal thing laid on top of it. So it's not necessarily from someone's mind, but it is about the mind and how you can erase. They want to pluck out the memories of a person and they have the technology to do that in this particular, what do you call it, parallel universe to ours. Um, and it kind of falls apart. You know, the reality falls apart, and then you you start going, "What the hell's going on?" And it question you. You know, I can remember being like, "Whoa!" And I love it. I love it. I love it. It's just it'll challenge you a little bit. You also watched um, Peter Jackson's 
Dead Alive <laughs> yeah, slash Brain Death. <laughs> and I, rem- I realized where they got the cover. At one point, the uh, the horrible little baby that's born yeah. uh, goes behind the nurse and pulls the sides oh, of her mouth. But it's not that actual image, apart. though, is it? No, but that's that's exact the moment that they're trying to go for. And I had totally forgotten it, all uh, of it. I, I'd forgotten I, the I'd story. I'd seen it so much. Right. I'd better. forgotten the story. I'd forgotten the the weirdness and the low quality and the, and everything. That, and it's still charming, but it's, it's like gross. It's like a period film because it's not... It's very of its time, yeah. yes. It has puppets that are just ridiculous and lots blood, of blood that's... Not blood, obviously. Evil Dead style. Um, yeah. Gore. Like, it's just... It's just crazy. There's some there's some crazy inventive, like the Shia thing and the... the I didn't think any of it was really inventive. The but. um, At the time, it was. Because I'd seen less of the, that stuff. And uh, the lawnmower scene, you know, the, it's very. I thought it was pretty inventive for its time. Also mm. very, very cheap. It didn't <laughs> yeah. cost very much to make. Bad Taste was his other movie that he made before that, which is incredibly cheap. That one's... That was one where he made it like the Evil Dead guys made his. They made yeah. it like four-year period yeah. on the weekend. They always look different. Like, yeah. Like they got older. But... um. We had to watch it. We need to watch it again. Brain dead. I mean, bad taste is like brain dead. Looks like uh, a James Cameron movie in terms of budget <laughs> compared to that. Here it's called Dead Alive. Right. Yeah, it was called Brain Dead. It where uh, yeah. there must have already been a Dead Alive movie. So um, yeah. So that's our recommendations for this week. Games and Ace Scully stuff because it's like um, game season at the moment. I'm playing like several games just all the time. Like I'm playing Mafia Three. I'm still playing it. It's really cool. Um, I can see where people say it becomes repetitive because unlike GTA, where they have like really unique story missions, this one's kind of like there's one thing that you're doing all the way through. You're, you're taking out all these lieutenants to get to the top guy in the Mafia. And taking out each lieutenant really involves the same thing. You have to go and smash up some stuff, ruin the business... Eventually, when you've ruined enough of the business, they'll come out of hiding and you can kill them. You're doing that for every single one of them, and it's always the same. You blow up some (laughs) narcotics um, factory. You go to the place where they're making whiskey and, like, set fire to it all. It's fun to do, but I can see that it might wear thin for a few people because, literally, it's the same mission over and over and over again until you get to a story mission. Like, you have to do so much of that stuff to get to the story missions. So, yeah. Uh, but it is good. I really enjoy it. I like going in the bayou, bayou and uh, swimming, and then a crocodile chases me, and then I let the crocodile eat me. <laughs> I, I find that quite cool. Nice. Um, I also play, finished, actually, this week, Gears of War 4. Uh, I really enjoyed the campaign. I thought it was cool. I thought it ended super abruptly. And it's quite obvious, you know, it's no secret anyway that they're making a new trilogy, and this is the starter for the new trilogy. And I actually said to the friend I was playing with it, co-op, I said, is that the end? (laughs) And I said, uh, it should just have here, um, stay tuned and give us us another (laughs) $59.99. James Bond, we'll be back. And give us another $59.99 because um, this feels like literally we made this for you to buy buy the next one because you definitely want to know what happens, right? So... um, Instead of making it feel like a story contained in it. It felt like the beginning of a story... Without the satisfaction of, I said to you, I compare it. I went, to, we went to see the Force Awakens. It's the beginning of the new Star Wars story. Yet it felt like a full story of its own that was satisfying. 
this doesn't feel satisfying, but it feels like it's going to get good in the next part. Which is kind of annoying sometimes, because it's set up for something that's great down the road. Uh, game's good, though. Mechanically, it's cool. The hard mode is cool. Playing it co-op was cool. My friend's on an Xbox. I'm on a PC. It worked flawlessly. We never once had any lag or got disconnected, or it just worked, which I found really cool, because like, it's two completely different platforms all working together. Um, so yeah, I played that this week. Nintendo made a big announcement this week. Um, I want to mention uh, the Nintendo NX console that they've been talking about for a long time. That was the code name NX. Um, is now actually been announced, and it's actually called the Nintendo Switch. That's their new console. I've seen people ragging on it for the last few days. Uh, they were all. <laughs> it's weird how the internet works. The day they announced it. Nintendo couldn't do any wrong. It was awesome. Look at it. Oh, so cool. Like, I want one of those. It's the best thing ever. And then two days later, everybody's like, oh, God, it sucks. I don't want one of them. It's just Nintendo. They, you know. I'll tell you what it is exactly. It's the new console that fits underneath your television so you can play Mario and all that stuff on your TV. It's the next. It's the successor to the Wii U. Um, so, yeah, it's their main console for the next few years. And... What makes it different to anything else is it's called the Nintendo Switch. And what it is, is it's a handheld console and a console that plugs into your TV all in one swoop. So what they've done is they will stop, you know, making handheld consoles and they will just have this one product that is a handheld and it's also under your TV, which I think is a fantastic idea. It's all in one unit. You don't have to... You've not got your kids going... Well, I love my Nintendo Wii, but I need a 3DS as well because I want to play those games. It's like, no, Nintendo games, they all work on this new one thing. You want to play a Nintendo game, that's what you have. You want to play it on the bus? You take you take how it works is it's a 7-inch tablet that fits inside the console. Well, you have a docking station that sits under your TV. You walk up to it and you dock the, the tablet into the docking station, and then you play the game on your TV. So it's not a console at all, it's just a tablet that you plug it into your TV. Right, with a docking station. I mean, the, the, the tablet is the console. The, all the guts of it it's are It's not a console, it's just a tablet. So, you're playing it on the TV with a controller, and then, you, you know, some you, you have to go somewhere, or, you know, you're going away on a trip. You just pull the tablet part out of, out of the docking station really easily. Snap the two... The controller is interesting. It comes in two halves... It comes apart, like you can play with it, normal controller. It splits in half, like pulls apart, hence switch. And then you slide it onto the tablet. And then the tablet's automatically got controls. So you can actually play full console games on your 7-inch tablet on the go. So that's a fantastic idea. It takes handheld gaming, I think. Like previously, you used to have a tiny little 3DS with like a 5-inch tiny little screen. and That was how you played handheld gaming. Now, because of... People are into tablets and iPads. Nintendo, I think, have gone the right way. You've got this. So why do people hate it? Um, because people are trying... They've not announced... They've showed you this video of it. I mean, it exists, obviously. They've got one. I mean, it's probably even being made. But um, they showed you the video of how it works and what it looks like. But they, all the details they didn't tell you, now everybody's speculating on that. Mm. Oh, about the battery life is only an hour. How do you know that? Like... Nobody's told you anything yet. Okay. So it's all that stuff. Everything that they haven't said is being speculated on badly. 
oh, it's got a cartridge slot, it doesn't use CDs. That that will make it more expensive, surely, to buy games. Okay. It's all that stuff. So, you can't really... If you like the concept of it, which I do, a tablet that you can plug into your TV and play games, plus they did show on the video a new Mario game, a new Zelda game. The Zelda game looks incredible. Almost looks like it's worth it for that. If you like the concept of you buy one thing and you've got a handheld and a console at the same time, then... It's I, not really a console. Let's not call it what it isn't. It plugs it's, into the TV and you play it I on know, the TV. I know, but you can plug anything into the TV these days. You can play no, I can't plug my tablet into the TV. It doesn't work. If I could figure out a way. No, there is no way. There's no inputs on it to do it. That's no, but a, there could be, is what I'm saying. It's just a tablet that they've made so that you can now output to the TV. It's not a console. Well, no, it, no because stuff. you don't sit playing with the tablet. You put it into the thing. Yes, you do. You can take the tablet off and play with it. Yeah, when you want a handheld. Right, so it's just the tablet that now you can plug into your TV. Right. It's not a console that you take with you. They've made a tablet that can be outputted to the TV. That's all it is. Right, but it's both. It's play but on it's the not TV. It's a console. It's traditionally play on the TV with a controller, or it's go away with it and play it on a little screen. So it's both things in one. I understand, but it's not a console that you're... It's not traditionally what you face. It's not an Xbox, it's not a PlayStation, it's not a Wii... It's just a tablet, and then you can plug it into a plastic thing that has cords that go to the TV. It's just the tablet outputting to the TV. It's not a console. It's literally just a tablet with the things on the side. I mean, that is what it is. I mean, but that, but even a 3DS is a console. People call that the console. Like, the 3DS console or the Vita console. But it's console. not a console. Those I mean, it's a handheld hand console. Gamer. That's what they call I mean, a console is just the the thing that plays games. Like, so it's just Nintendo's new console. That is it. There's one. T- Why I think it's good for them is they've got this one thing. When when a mum and dad who know nothing about video games go into GameStop, hopefully say, they only have one child, right? And say, uh, my son wants to play the new Nintendo game. What is it I need? There's just the one thing. There's and the counter person should say, well, I hope you don't have more than one And child. you know what it's like now? <laughs> you know what it's like now, though? If you, go into the, if you go into GameStop and say, I want the latest Nintendo game, and they say, well, we've got the 3DS, we've got the 3DS XL, XL we've got this, the mini 3DS, we've got the Wii U. Those aren't going away. They're going away. They're all going away. Like They're not going to... They're concentrating... Instantly. Like, the second this is out, they're all going to disappear. The game development stopping for the... It's already stopped for the Wii U. The but 3D they're still F- going to exist. They will still exist, but they won't be available for sale. Like, it, I mean, they'll stop making them. They want to focus all on this. Like, this is the new handout. Right. If I had four kids and I got this, I'd be pissed. Because as soon as my 17-year-old son picks up that tablet and goes in his room to get away from everybody, nobody else can do anything with that docking station that's sitting there. Nobody. Right, and I've so said, I've said to you that they'll probably sell... Uh, I, yeah, we just have to sell multiple tablets that go in it. That means you're buying... Well, I mean, that. the Wii U is the same thing, really, I guess. They, no, because the Wii U can play with or without that thing. The Wii U, you can take that with right. you, right? I mean, it's not a take-with-you thing. You sit on the couch, and everybody else can watch TV or play a different game. Well, maybe you but found you the Achilles heel to it. So, but I, I, I'm sure it's not just me. <laughs> I personally think it's a good idea to have one thing that plays everything. That's like, because you're the only person who will ever be playing it in your house. Right. Therefore, it doesn't matter that when you walk away with it and then I go, oh, I was going to sit here and play 
Netflix on that, but you took it with you. So I guess they can't even do that because it's gone. I don't even know if it plays Netflix. What I think I'm it's saying just is, though, games. you could on the Wii and you could on other things, watch YouTube and stuff. They had the apps. So I'm assuming this is going to have the same thing. So the fact that you removed the entire guts of it to make it portable is only good for a single individual, not so, for a family. So if you're a family, you need to buy more than one. Yeah, but that's ridiculous. Um, then it doesn't have everything. What I'm thinking one. about this too. I mean, they've, they've not announced the price, but I'm thinking it's going to be fairly low the price because speculating. Um, the reason I'm thinking that is it's a seven-inch tablet. Seven-inch tablets only cost about. I mean, you know, if I want to go and buy, like I've got one in there on my window ledge. That seven-inch tablet in there, which is a nice seven-inch tablet, Google Nexus, it's ninety-nine dollars. Right, but it also hasn't got Nintendo's brand on it, so that's going to up it by about four times, probably. I bet you. Yeah, but what I mean is, a, a seven-inch tablet costs around a hundred dollars. The docking station, essentially, like you say, well, you're not listening to me. They're the, going to put the Nintendo docking, on it. The docking station <laughs> is just a piece of plastic with some cards that come out of the back, and a controller. But they're going to. I Nintendo. feel. I feel that. If they're good, if they want a really big market share and they want people to buy this thing, they could sell this thing for $199, which is still a markup. Still quite a big markup. You don't know that, though, actually. You don't know their economics. No, I'm saying if a tablet costs around $100, which we know it does, a 7-inch tablet, there isn't many that are more than that. And theirs will be no exception, because it's going to be a 7-inch tablet. That's what it is. It's a display on a tablet. Um, And they've got the... Controllers cost around $50 to purchase, and then the docking station. If they can sell that thing for $199, this is what I think. That's a magic price point, because there are no consoles that cost that. Even the Wii U, which is discontinued, is $299. So it's not going to be $199. Which is bananas to me. Uh, No, the Wii U was really pricey for them to make, because there's a hard drive and there's a... This doesn't have a hard drive. That's another concern people have. How do you save stuff? How do you download patches? Where is the... It's got some memory built in, but a very small amount. 32 gig. We'll see, I guess. And it's coming in... There was a release date, actually, that came with it, which I was surprised. I thought they would just show you this little peak and then that's it. But the release date is March 2017, so it's not actually far off. So we're going to get a load more details very soon, I would imagine. Finally, my thing is... um, this Channel 4 in Britain have a series called Black Mirror. And Netflix uh, bought the rights to it a couple of years ago. And started showing it on Netflix. There's only six episodes of it. But um, season three, which Netflix actually funded, uh, which is six episodes, went live on Netflix on Friday at midnight. And we watched half of the season already. Mm-hmm. The first three episodes. I would have watched all of it, but you were so tired. Um, you like to savor things. I do. I, I don't want to like. <laughs> I want to be able to sit down again and say, "Hey, go watch more Black Mirror." But Black Mirror is an anthology show from the U- from the UK. What's well, an anthology show? A different director makes each episode, and each episode is not related. They're like little individual short films, basically. Okay. They're not related to each other, apart from they are related to each other in an overall. The Black Mirror focus is. Weirdness. <laughs> Technology is always part of it. And, like, futuristic thing. You know, there's always a futuristic slant to it. Well, he said it's only five minutes in the future. 
Yeah, but that's that's where he's coming from. When he gives when he gives directors, hey, you're going to make a Black Mirror for us. That's always the thing. You can make any story you want, but technology kind of drives the. So we saw the first three. I thought the third one was fantastic. I don't want to give anything away about these. You should just watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dan Trachtenberg um, did the second one we watched, and Dan's the guy who, um, from Totally Rad Show who made Ten Cloverfield Lane recently. Um, he did the second one, and, and if you're a gamer, I think it will resonate with you a bit because he is a gamer, and it's quite clear when you watch it. Um, there's a lot of gaming references in there, and it's primarily about a, a video game. But um, did you like? Have you liked what you've seen so far of this series? I think it's been the best. How about that? I think that I really like the first story a lot because it is very of our times. Yeah, and absolutely. Ron Howard's daughter does a great job. And it's presented in a way that's very, I mean, appealing to me. The style of it is a little bit almost like Edward Scissorhands-ish. You know, the world Stepford is this wise, polished, weird, yeah. everybody has to be too nice. And what you're trying to do is get it from, you know, people to like you all the time. When, in fact, we're not all like that on the end. We're not all nice and friendly all the time or perfect. So I love that one. It's, a, it's, like, um, it's like Facebook. It's yeah. exactly what how people behave on Facebook. It's kind of... it's. Not all of us, but not yeah. everybody. The but idea a lot is of people the do. idea is you want people to like you, and that actually gives you value in the world. And if people don't give you all the five stars that you need all the time, all the likes or the thumbs everything. up, everything. Yeah. No, in this one, it's just stars. If you don't get it, you actually have real world repercussions for it. It's not just a thing, you know. So I really like that one. The other, the gaming one. Gaming one's right. the weakest one for me. Weakest one. And but the third one, I... I um, felt like it had no point at all to me. I, I like the ones like that. It had a very strong point. It had a, a message, kind of. I thought if you were telling a story about virtual reality, for instance, or something higher than virtual reality, there's, a be- there's better stories you could have told. Yeah, you didn't tell a story. That's the problem. There yeah. was no story there. And the third one, I like because it is... That's my favorite one. in it. Like, you're along for the ride of this weirdness that's going on. But again, we come across the character who are just so sick of these weakling little characters who have no fucking, like, backbones. It just drives me nuts. And then we're supposed to sympathize. That's the idea. You're pulling some sympathy. We'll leave that open for, you know, interpretation of the whole story. But, ugh. And then the whole time I'm just like, ugh. But it's well done. It's really like well super done. well done. So and that story, I get the point too. It's a very, it's a very direct point. Yeah, and it's not futuristic at all. That one, though. it's very of now. Much like if you saw the very first episode of Black Mirror that ever went out, the one about the Prime Minister. Mm-hmm. Much like that one, it's a very realistic. The possibility of being able to orchestrate something with actually, modern technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one, even more so. I mean, after I watched it, I was thinking, I was thinking, okay. Is there anything here that could not be done? And when you think, no, it's all it all could be done, and there are many, many reasons why it should be done. Is is the most scary part? You reckon? Yeah, there are many. <laughs> I mean, not me doing it, but I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> there are many you people. People could find yeah, reasons. You know, okay. Watch, we watch the thing on YouTube about people doing scams over the phone. Yeah, this is. If you could do this thing, and you could, somebody could orchestrate this. It is the best scam. It is blackmail. The problem is, though, this is a scam that doesn't benefit the scammer. No, but it's blackmail. Well, it could if they wanted it to. 
I don't think that's their idea. No, it, no, not in this it isn't, but you could switch it to where it does benefit you. Uh, because that money yeah, could but, go to them. Like, But that defeats the point of the story. Yeah, it does defeat the point of the story. But the actual scenario that could be created in our world is scary when you think of what scammers are doing now, just trying to scam you out of $5 over the phone. This could really... Using fuck. technology and location on this your phone really and tracking some you down. People over. Yeah. Because it's preying on the thing that people really don't want anybody else to know about them. So, yeah. It, it's really it vague, good... but they have to watch it. If you yeah. want to watch it, it's on Netflix. So, uh, finally, before we go, um, what is on... What What is that? Svengooly is a horror host on Saturday night on MeTV. He dresses up funny and he does bad jokes. And he presents an old um, horror-ish movie. Sometimes it's Abbott Costello, Beat the Mummy. Sometimes it's... Or the car. Or now tonight is Dracula's daughter. Which is apparently you saying that is the follow-up to Dracula. But I think Bride of Dracula was... On his site, when I looked at ah. it, Dracula said that it's the actual sequel. Oh, I'm thinking sequel. of Bride of Frankenstein. This is Sorry. the actual yeah. sequel to Dracula. Okay, yeah. like the original, Bela Lugosi. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so tonight is that, and he will tell some schlocky jokes and do some slapsticky Terrible things. Terrible jokes. <laughs> Terrible jokes. And it's really fun. And for supper... I'm going to Jimmy John's because it's easy. I don't have to get out of the car. I don't have to cook anything. Although I'm looking at a picture of this macaroni and cheese right in front of me. Oh my god, it looks so good. But I do not have the ingredients for that. So unless I want to drive through Pantera. Oh, Panera, sorry. Pantera, Pantera. that's a heavy metal band, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Hair band. (laughs) Do they make macaroni and cheese? I'm happy to. (laughs) I'm sure they've had it in the last. I'm a fan. It's not very metal, though, is it? Macaroni and cheese. (laughs) What do you mean? I bet that is very, very Put metal. some um, jal- sure it's jalapeno a... sauce in it. So <laughs> that make it more metal. <laughs> is that what you think of metal? <laughs> Just some... Not some cheese is like... Beer. Pour beer in it. <laughs> <laughs> Whiskey. So that picture kind of makes me want some. But I'll probably just go get a sandwich and some chips. And uh, your advice, you have none? I have none today. I couldn't think of anything because... Don't know. Your advi- my advice. All right, I'll give you some advice. Uh, watch. <laughs> That's Black- not advice. Black Mirror. And That's Netflix. not life advice. Well, if you were giving life advice, and don't say don't be an asshole, because that's always your advice. I don't get. That's the only advice. I don't give anybody life advice. Why not? Are you vapid and empty? No, I'm just. Then if you're so fucking brilliant, you need to share it with everybody else. But you refuse. I'm not brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not brilliant in giving life advice, so I wouldn't. How do you know if you don't do it? Think of one thing, just off the top of your head. Don't be a dickhead. No, don't be a dickhead is not... You've used it already. You, that's all advice you always Watch give. Watch more movies. No! Oh my god. You're more intelligent than that. Um, help an elderly person. That's, I think that's good advice. Could you be a little more specific? If you um, know an elderly person, or you have a re- you know relative, like a grandma, or... Uncle Wilbur. And they're kind of on their own a lot. You don't actually think about them that much, and then when you do, you think they're probably on their own a lot. Or they might be dead and I don't even know it yet. Go and phone them up or help them. That is good advice, you there see? You You're not vapid or empty at all. I was actually thinking about a, um, a storyline in EastEnders, what we watch, with yep. Dor- Dorothy Cotton, yep. of how an old person can just be kind of, even though they're right there, you can kind mm-hmm. of forget about them, because you're busy doing your, your own thing. Correct. That's good advice. That's very touching. All right, thanks. <laughs> That's it.
All right, so I'll remind you about our websites. Here's some advice for you. Go to aschoolie.com <laughs> and sidtalk.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Marketplace, or the RSS feed, aschoolie.com slash podcast. You can subscribe there or just listen to it on the page. All of them are there. You can email aschoolie.com. Don't email sidtalk. And uh, stay classy, Mr. Harry Potter, because... He did a really good job as a corpse, I have to say. And some people would say that's not flattering as an actor, that you did a good job as a corpse. You do know he's not Harry Potter, right? He is always will be to me. <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourself, or someone will do it for you. 